right, welcome to Scarlet and May Show. I'm Zach. This is Adam. And your team, they won the Big Ten Championship 42-3 a, to three over Iowa. It was a close one, but yeah. Uh, Iowa was who I thought they were, really. Spencer Petras is awful. Uh, he got... He got pulled, but I read that it was because he got hurt on the play that they reviewed for targeting for no reason, um, and not because he was 9 for 22. I thought it looked as much as targeting as the Minnesota game where they fumbled the ball. Well, I disagree, but Michigan didn't get the ball as a result of the review. There so. was a clear shot of helmet hitting helmet. I'll just say that. Well, there was. Okay, whatever. Tyler Goodson, I was running back, only had 50 yards on 18 carries. Meanwhile... Michigan got the biggest run play Iowa's given up all year, and then the biggest wow. pass play Iowa's given up all year on back-to-back plays. Uh, it was the most points Iowa has given up in six years. But re- once Michigan went up 14-0, I was just happy. I was just chilling. Yeah. Uh, the only time I got a little nervous was when Michigan was punting inside their own end zone because special teams and turnovers were the only chance Iowa had. Yeah, because their offense is so terrible. I think I was thinking the same exact thing in the same moment. Like, if I was gonna win it, they gotta block a punt right mm-hmm. here. And then Michigan ended up being the ones to block a punt later on. But uh, I know some people were frustrated. Some Michigan fans uh, after it was fourteen nothing. Cade throws a little behind Eric All, who dropped it right into the Iowa linebacker. Um, and then Michigan didn't move the ball for a bit. But really, like. Michigan was just protecting the ball as they got backed way up. I thought it was the right move. Better to just keep punting to Iowa rather than give them points through a turnover, right. trying too hard to do something. Yeah, especially that defense. Like, don't be aggressive when you don't need to be. Especially that offense. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Both factors, yeah. Uh, special teams and turnovers were the only chance Iowa had. So, as I've been saying for most of the year, if you take care of the ball, you're fine. So, Michigan was like, Let's just take care of the ball. Yeah. Uh, they had two quick three and outs uh, when they were backed up, and then they moved the ball and got out of got out of it unharmed. So I was 100% fine going into the halftime, 14-3. Yeah. Uh, Michigan had five drives in the second half and only scored touchdowns on four of them. So it's not as good as their last game. Wow. Uh, but they also didn't give up any points. Iowa's offense sucks, but I was still glad that Michigan didn't even give up. 300 yards, they held Iowa to 19 third downs. It's pretty crazy. Wow. Uh, But seriously, it's really nice to seemingly finally have coaches adjust at halftime. So Iowa was moving the the ball a little bit on rollouts in the first half, and then they just basically turned into mushy turds in the second half because Mike McDonald's adjustments. I thought Gaddis called a great game again, especially in the second half. Uh, but like I said, I didn't think he was bad in the first. I thought conservative was the way to go. Yeah. It's just fun to not feel like there's an impending doom, like a piano about to fall on my head <laughs> with Michigan winning. That's, I mean, that has existed for a few years, and it's just nice. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk more about the bowl games and the playoff in a later episode. But really quick, this is the first time I really tried to look deeper at Georgia because I wasn't expecting Michigan to play Georgia uh, until this weekend, but I thought Michigan would win against Iowa. I thought Georgia would beat Alabama. It's fine. Um, anyways, the first thing that stands out to me is that there is so much talk about how little Cade McNamara has thrown all year, but Stetson Bennett has thrown 77 fewer times than Cade McNamara. I know he didn't start every game, but even accounting for that, that's kind of surprising. Well, one, it's not like uh, Cade's in every snap either. I mean, JJ. most... J.J. played like... 
five, six snaps this game. Well, I'm just saying in general, like, J.J. Yeah. does take a few snaps away. He takes a few, but it's still few, 77 few, fewer. Yeah. That's like five games for Kate McNamara. <laughs> I mean, that was just crazy. Um, but especially because they don't have a crazy running back or anything. They have yeah. two guys with similar totals combined to Hassan Haskins, but it's still just surprising to me. You've been pointing out for weeks, to your credit, Alabama and Georgia don't really have any strong wins or tough schedules, and it has me wondering if maybe they were just born on third base. You know, I'm just joking, kind of. Um, no, well, yeah. What do you think from the game? Um, I was a little concerned for Michigan when it was they got those two big plays right off the bat, and then their offense kind of was dead in the water like through the second quarter. And but I thought it was cool to see them to see them making some adjustments and get the offense really rolling. I was surprised it ended up being such a such a blowout, which reminds me a little bit of the Ohio State Wisconsin mm-hmm. um, uh, Big Ten championship game in 2014 when Ohio State won the national championship. They won 59 to nothing. That was crazy. Um, yeah, but more about Georgia. That was also Alabama was the first uh, top 25 pass offense they'd play all year. Like, that, like it's been everyone's been saying Georgia's best defense in the country by far, by far, by far. And I keep saying what offenses they played. They played one top five. Top, one top 25 pass offense, and they get blown out. Right. It's, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I just think Georgia's been overrated all year. Yeah. Uh, Big Ten Championship most valuable player, Aiden Hutchinson, one sack, four tackles, seven quarterback pressures. Yeah. I mean, they were I, they were also, like, double team and triple teaming them. These stats aren't, like, super was, impressive. But. There was one play he pushed the right tackle into the quarterback, causing yeah. an incompletion. Like, it was pretty obvious, too, to me that Iowa's game plan was, like, don't let Aiden Hutchinson get to the quarterback. They were, right. they were uh, just, like, going low on him a lot, just uh, trying to get him to not. And that, that was on, like, quick passes, too. Mm-hmm. They were, like, just do anything. Don't let him get anywhere near him. He still got a sack. Yeah. And still I think, was disruptive. And I think it's a, also like a credit to his reputation he's built of on a great season. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't disagree with it, but, I mean, I'm not like, yeah, he definitely should have won it. But Yeah. Big Ten takeaways? Um, I mean, we said all season that the West was going to get pantsed in the conference championship game, and they did. Sure no matter did. who they would have played. I think even if it will miraculously been Michigan State in there, they would have beat Iowa too. Yeah. I, Iowa, like I said, is who we thought they were. Maybe they can get a transfer quarterback. There's a bunch of guys transferring. Maybe they can – maybe Kirk Ferentz will fire his son as offensive coordinator and bring you know his offense into the 90s at least <laughs> from the 80s. It's just so ridiculous. I had a friend from Iowa who, uh, after Michigan scored the first two touchdowns, he was like – uh, it's, like he was joking, but he was like, "It's kind of dumb that Michigan scored so quick. It's not that it's not very impressive. It's more impressive to have like a long drawn out drawn out drive." Uh, and I was like, "I mean, is it as offensive as having a offense from 1982?" I don't know. <laughs> My friend texted me when it was fourth and something for Iowa, and uh, uh, they they scrambled and then threw a pass and lost seven yards. And he was like, "Wait." A, a loss of seven yards on a pass on fourth down doesn't get you points. <laughs> it's just good. They're really unhappy. But Kirk Ferentz has the best. We're, we're talking about all these great head coaching deals. People are getting all these salaries and buyouts and whatever. Kirk Ferentz, it would cost, I think, uh, the, like we'd have to sell the United States of America to fire Kirk Ferentz. So. 
Hey, I don't Anyways. know if anyone could do a, a much better job at Iowa than him. There's not much. I mean, not if you're going to go under center every single play. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk more about bowl games next time, like I said, but I do think Pat Narduzzi and Pitt against Michigan State is interesting. I also think Rose Bowl with Utah and Ohio State is interesting. Yeah, Utah's hot. I do think that like the momentum factor is hard when you play a month after, month later, you know? Mm-hmm. Like Utah's got a lot of momentum right now, and Ohio State's coming off a really tough loss, but it's a month later. I wonder how many of the Ohio State guys, now that they're officially out of the playoff, are going to stick around. Yeah, for the bowl game, but. they they don't lose a lot of guys in general, but I wouldn't be surprised if like Olave and Wilson, or one of them or one of the other, I wouldn't be surprised if they played or if they um, opted out. Yeah, uh, things no one is talking about. Um, I just going off of what I said earlier this year with and the things no one was talking about. I said that Bama would beat Georgia because they're they both suck. Also, I think it's going to be Cincinnati. Going off of that, I think it's going to be Cincinnati versus Michigan in the national championship game. Let's go! I would. I mean, I'm in for it, obviously. And but Luke Fickle's going to hang 100 on him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, things no one is talking about. I'm going with my, my version last week of like things no one is actually talking about. Winter. Zach, no one is talking about winter. I've always hated the cold. I only live in Michigan because my wife and I both have so much family here. But after Michigan won all the games that have mattered so far this season – they beat Ohio State handily. They won the Big Ten. They made the playoff. The sun is shining a little bit brighter. The snow is sparkling just a little bit sweeter. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Look at me. I really am Mr. Brightside. Zach? Okay. Okay. Um, anyway. <laughs> Viewer questions. <laughs> of all the crazy coaching carousel craziness, which hire do you like the most? <laughs> Realized to put crazy craziness. That viewer, that viewer's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really like Marcus Freeman. First of all, he's a Buckeye, so I mean, I already liked him. Um, I was actually really hoping Ohio State would swoop in before before uh, Brian Kelly even took the job at LSU. I was hoping Ohio State would swoop in and steal him as their defense coordinator, um, and make him one of the highest paid defense coordinators. But I think it's just really cool in general, like the that the a lot of the coaching staff is sticking around, didn't follow Brian Kelly, and that the players were camp- campaigning for him to be the head coach. He's one of the top recruiters in the country, and I think he'll be successful at Notre Dame, although he will start 0-1 because his the first game of the season next year is against Ohio State. But Yeah, you know who else players loved and recruited really well? Brady Hoke. Everything <laughs> comes back to Brady Hoke. Uh, I love Lincoln Riley to USC, especially because it looked like Again, they had no clue what they were doing, yeah. and they were going to end up with some garbage hire. For them to pull Lincoln Riley, and it looks like a lot of the best yeah. of his recruiting class, is so huge. Uh, it would take something crazy for any other school right. to come close to beating that. the rest of this carousel, at least. Right. Well, and, uh, like the other thing is, like, as, like, USC's been through a lot of coaches since Pete Carroll, and like none of them have ever been like near this name. Of Lee yeah. and Riley, it always seems like they're kind of hoping for the best what they get, but now they actually have a legit guy that's established, that's a great recruiter and can win games. Um, the other one I really like is his replacement, Brent Venables. That's a that's a cool hire. I think uh, their their biggest knock on them since the playoff has existed really is they can't get a defense, and that Brent Venables has been the best defense coordinator in college football. It'll be interesting to see with Clemson struggling this year. Yeah, how 
quick they drop off, if they keep dropping off, whatever. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, do non-playoff bowl games matter or not really? I'll let you go first. Okay, I think they do matter. I have some other things to say about it, but I don't hear what you say. Okay, no. I think they're important only from the aspect of having extra practices for all your guys who are coming back. Yeah. But so many guys sit out, and I'm fine with them sitting out. Jake Butt might have had a different career in the NFL. He could have made tens of millions right. of more dollars if he had sat out the bowl game. I get not wanting to risk injury before the draft. It just is what it is. Yeah. It's just what it's not is the best possible versions of each team playing. It doesn't put you in a position for a possible national championship. It's just an exhibition exhibition game. Exhibition. To, yeah, to end the year. I still watch. I just don't honestly yeah. don't care. I watch the bowl games like I watch Michigan basketball play Norfolk State East Elementary. Yeah. Uh, basically to see the backups, to see if I can get more info heading into next season. Yeah, I mean, I get, I get your point, but I think – they don't they don't matter as much as they used to before the BCS and all that. Like uh-huh. where there was a factor where like if you win you could still win a national championship. I thought that was weird that that was a thing in general. But I do think it always matters. Like it's a football game and like I think it's the media that's been pushing that these bowl games don't matter and like yeah, there's players opting out and I don't blame them at all. If they opt out, more power to them. Cool. Go get your paycheck. Um but I think like, I think to like when I play football in the backyard, like, I don't want to lose, mm-hmm. you know. And this is in the backyard. Like they're playing in like some some of the coolest stadiums in the world, and playing against a, a very good team as well. And like, it's on national television. Like it matters. They still want to win. It's still competitive. Like I'm sure these guys are more competitive than I am. If they're playing at this level, I just think it. I just think any game's gonna matter, especially when it's a bowl game. I mean, I so I think back to 1997, the year before the BCS, and I know that this is an unpopular opinion. To me, it was fun. I watched Michigan in the Rose Bowl, and I watched Nebraska in their bowl game, mm-hmm. and both games mattered for the national championship. And I like, I wish Michigan would have played Nebraska because Nebraska was dooky. Scott Frost is a turd. It doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, they only won because Osborne was retiring. I'm just saying, uh, they only. You know, we're given a, a co-national championship because Nebraska's coach was retiring. But it was still fun. Like, other teams could have also been undefeated and gotten into the conversation, and it could have been fun. This is like, there's four teams. If we expand it, I understand it's going to be exciting and whatever, but March Madness doesn't crown the best basketball team. They crown the team that plays in that tournament the best, and it's fine. It's just not, you know... It's whatever. I mean, it's all about entertainment, though. <clears throat> yeah, no, I understand that. But I like, uh, I like, I think smaller is better. I think less is more, is what I think. And all these bowl games, really, who cares? Especially five and seven teams, no one cares. But my only thing is, with the SEC bias at its peak, like, even if Michigan went into the Rose Bowl and blew out Utah, there'd be no chance they'd win the national championship this year. Here's one, another thing that frustrates me about bowl games. So, Ohio State playing against Utah in California. It's more of a home game for Utah. Michigan going to Florida to play Georgia is a home game for Georgia. 
So I, it, it would make sense. I, Ohio State has had a lot of success in bowl games. That's great. Michigan's not Ohio State. They, uh, and it's not just about Michigan not winning bowl games. When they beat Florida in the bowl game, I was like, cool. Yeah. It's I fine. Mean, but it's like Michigan has an away game now. It makes sense that the SEC would have a better record in those Southern Bowl games, and then that feeds the narrative even more that right. the SEC is great. Then that goes into preseason rankings. Then that's why Alabama and Georgia are ranked so high all year, beating nobody. And it's just it goes on and on and on. Yeah, it's it's just it is what it is. I just don't care. Other than the playoffs, so this is the first time I've cared about the playoffs. <laughs> like actually. Um, you have anything else on that? Um, not really. I mean, I, I mean, Ohio State's a team that is in the playoffs. They're, they've been in the playoffs the third most yeah. since the playoffs existed, and I still, every time they're in a bowl game that's non-playoffs, I get really excited to watch it. Yeah. I mean, I still watch them. I just also... But do you if get they excited lose, to watch them? No. I get excited to watch them. I get... I mean, I, I usually have uh, a certain friend over who lives across the country, then he's in town for the holidays... And uh, we usually watch the bowl game, and we get food. But if Michigan wins, I'm like, oh, cool. And if Michigan loses, I'm like, all right. I just I go on with my day and don't care. Like, if they lose in the regular season, I'm gonna be pretty freaking there's emotion. I'm going to be pretty freaking disappointed if Ohio State loses to Utah. All right, and I hope you're disappointed. I love you. Uh, what <laughs> bowl are you most looking forward to other than Michigan's playoff game and Ohio State in the Rose Bowl? I'll say also other than Alabama-Cincinnati because – there's, you know, an obvious interest there for me. But yeah, I'd say maybe UCLA, NC State, just to watch Zach Charbonnet because he's a former Michigan guy and I don't care about the results of most of these games. So Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see because Mark Streeman was also named, named the interim head coach. Yep. So he's going to be coaching. I'm excited to see how he does taking over for those guys playing against Oklahoma State. I will also say that um, the fact that you didn't answer, you're not excited for any of those bowl games as your answer, proves that I'm right about the previous question. I mean, not really. <laughs> I, I said only because there's a former Michigan guy and I don't really care. But uh, sure. Okay. But you should. You really should have just said no after that question. Okay. <laughs> you win this round. Uh, <laughs> Basketball, really quick. Ohio State beat Duke, 71-66. You called it. Yeah. They beat Penn State, 76-64. Coming up, they have Towson on December 8th and Wisconsin on December 11th. I honestly turned off the Duke-Ohio State game at halftime yeah. because uh, I have a kid and I was tired <laughs> and uh, I thought Duke was going to run away with it. That's a huge win and yeah. you called it. Yeah, they never went away. I, I had this weird feeling the whole time that they were going to win. They were going like, to pull it together and come back and win. Well, to be fair, you had that feeling in the Michigan-Ohio State game, too. You kept saying, I'm not worried yet. I'm not worried. And then you got silent. But Yeah. You that, kept saying, I'm not worried yet. And then, Yeah, okay. But that was different because I was saying it the whole game, and I didn't respond to you. And the, Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it was really cool just to see them get beat number one, Duke. I mean, they rallied yeah. and... They got it done. I mean, they they had to play a perfect last six minutes of the game, and they did. And it was just awesome. I loved EJ Liddell's shot to put him up three. was really sweet. That fadeaway was a tough shot. Um, Didn't they end the game on a 10-0 run? Honestly, I don't know. State? I think they did. That's pretty crazy. I was watching true. the game without sound. So yeah. they might have said that, but I wasn't listening. Yeah. I didn't really. 
pay attention that much to know if it was 10-0 or not. Yeah. Uh, um, I will also say it was really cool to see Jamari Wheeler, Penn State transfer, mm-hmm. playing back at Penn State to ball out against his former team with nine assists. Also, Kyle Curry Young balling out <laughs> with four, four from three. Kyle Young, I love that guy. Yeah, he's uh, weird looking. Michigan <laughs> got killed by North Carolina and then killed San Diego State. Uh, they're at Nebraska December 7th and then against Minnesota December 11th. In the San Diego State game, Caleb Houston was four for five on threes and Hunter Curry Dickinson was three for three on threes. <laughs> I don't expect that regularly from regularly from Dickinson, at least not that good. So he's, he's supposed to be a was, good shooter, but he was three for three from three uh-huh. against San Diego State, but couldn't make a layup against North Carolina. That's true. Wow. Yeah. Uh, if Houston starts shooting like this, because this is what he was supposed to be doing yeah. all along, then I think Michigan will be fine. If he drops back off, I think Michigan gets back in trouble, and it's yeah, football I mean, will sustain me. But Michigan's very talented, and it's a long season. But it is a long season, and that yeah. is a tough loss against North Carolina. They lose by twenty to an unranked team. We talked about it uh, after the Seton Hall loss, like wh- whether or not it was a cause for concern. And I said it wasn't, but I do think that this North Carolina game is a cause for concern. At, yeah, for sure. After the North Carolina game, I was like. It's going to be a long year. Yeah. And then what? another thing that turned it around for me for San Diego State, gave me some hope, was Frankie Collins got some extended run uh, against San Diego State, and I think that played a big part in the outcome. I think he's just a better fit than Devontae Jones. I think having Jones come off the bench might be a better spark. If the offense is struggling, they can put him in and say get a basket instead of having him try to run the normal offense. Um I don't know. I'd love to see Frankie Collins start and play more, especially he's obviously got more long-term upside uh, at Michigan than Devontae Jones. But Devontae Jones played something like four or five minutes in the second half. Frankie Collins looked pretty good. Uh, So, I mean, that's another thing where tweaking different things. So if Houston can shoot, if they they get an answer at point guard, I mean, it just changes things. That was another thing that I just thought about in the Duke game. Cedric Russell came out of nowhere. He hadn't really done anything. He's a transfer from Louisiana. He hadn't really done anything all, all year. He came out of nowhere and balled out against Duke, mm. which was really cool. Um, we didn't do predictions. So Ohio State's obviously going to beat Towson. Yeah. Uh, it just might be at the buzzer. And then <laughs> Wisconsin. Yeah, I mean, Wisconsin's a tough opponent, and but I, I, I like the Buckeyes right now. I think they're rolling. I think they're yeah. feeling good about themselves. I got Ohio State, too, over Wisconsin just because I hate Brad Davison. Um <laughs> Michigan at Brad, Brad, thirty-five years old. David. Yeah, uh, Michigan um, plays at March Madness sleeper team Nebraska. <laughs> I would love it so and much. And then Minnesota. Uh, I got Michigan in both of them. I got. If not, I'm I'm back slapping the panic button. I got Nebraska just because it's hilarious. You picked, <laughs> them, you picked them as your March Madness sleeper team. I and did. They've not been that. They have not. And I just think it'd be hilarious if. Get it, them getting back on track for your uh, hot take yeah. would be them beating your Wolverines. I'm just glad I really like then going. Minnesota. Going back to my things, nobody's talking about. Like December is just, it's a lot better this year. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, tweet of the week, my first one from <laughs> Scott Bell, starting at quarterback for the Wolverines, number twelve, Shade McNamara. Because Cade was asked after the Iowa game if he was surprised by anything that's happened this season. 
and he said, I expected the Ohio State game to be a little closer. Wow. What if we went out, huh? Oh, Cade McNamara. I love the narrative with Cade McNamara. That, like, it just seems like this, like, game manager, like, just do-nothing guy, just hand the ball off and throw it to a wide-open guy's guy. He's a, he was a four-star recruit. He, he broke a bunch of, like, Nevada records, too, in high school. Like, why doesn't, why doesn't Harbaugh have him throw more? I think they don't need to. Harbaugh, it's funny to me yeah, that Harbaugh is a quarterback, and he's like, protect the ball, run power. Yeah. But it's just, it is who he is. Well the, um, well, the one thing, maybe this is what was surprising to him. The game probably wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been closer. Never mind. Okay. That not make sense. I was going to say, what, his interception was just so terrible. Maybe that's oh. what surprised him. Yeah, I mean, he is a big, uh, he, he makes the read before the, before the snap. Yeah. So... He, he was expecting one thing. I well, saw one video that explained um, uh, it was against Penn State. They ran the same play, and the look from the defense was the same, and then the yeah. coverage was just different. Right. But so was, he was expecting was, the safety to do one thing, and he did something I else. I saw the same exact video. I was going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, your tweet of the week? So he, he had actually made the read before the game even started, is what you're saying. Basically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my tweet of the week is Chris Holtman on being critiqued for losing leads late in certain games is didn't Duke lose a lead late last week? I thought that was hilarious. I feel like so since COVID, there have been a lot, there's been a lot more fights in the stands and stuff. Like people don't know how to act. Yeah. And I feel like the filter is off of a lot of players and coaches also. Yeah. And I love it. Like, Cade McNamara, okay, it's like you've, you've said before, the, the Harbaugh quote about third base is bulletin board material. Ohio State would want to win anyways. I don't care. Like, I don't think it's extra motivation because if you need extra motivation, you've already lost. But okay. I love just the uh, the pettiness, the stuff from players well, just, and coaches. It just makes me think back to when Dabo ranked Ohio State 11 <laughs> in yeah. the final coaches poll last season. Yeah. And then Ohio State smacked them. Um, you have another tweet? Yeah, that? from Ant Wright. He's been on fire, by the way. Uh, rest in peace to the narratives. Can't win as an underdog, can't beat Ohio State, can't get to Indy, can't win the Big Ten, can't get to the playoff. Uh, the narrative I've seen pushed by the losers is that it took Harbaugh so long to do those things. So I guess even if he beats Georgia, even if he beats Alabama or Cincinnati <laughs> and wins the national title, it's still not enough until he goes back in time to never lose a game. Okay, uh, I've said before that 2016 broke Harbaugh, but I have a new theory. Okay, Harbaugh comes in in 2015. He exceeds expectations. They were like, maybe he won't make a bowl game. He goes 10-3. and three. They lost to Michigan State in the trouble with the snap game. Uh, I honestly never cared about because it took that insane play for Michigan State to win after a few years of like Brady Hoke apologizing to Mark D'Antonio for trying to win. Great. So Harbaugh had caught up and closed that gap year one. Then it gets blown out by Ohio State. In 2016, Michigan slips up with an injured Wilton Spate against Iowa and then gets legitimately hosed in the Ohio State game. Yep, we both agree. Here's where my thought has evolved. I still think after the 2016 game, Michigan pivots as a result. I think there's a little panic involved. Harbaugh intentionally dialed things back in terms of personal intensity, especially on the sideline. 2016 was the John O'Corn year. But the Ohio State game was still somehow pretty close. He had a chance to win, but he's John O'Corn. <laughs> 2018 was the revenge tour, but then 
Then offensive coordinator Ryan Day poured a good amount of water on that fire, right? <laughs> 2018, I think, messed with Harbaugh even more and made him reevaluate life itself, kind of like me. Uh, he stopped trying to run the ball like he was known for. He brings in Josh Gaddis. They try to go all speed and space without the best personnel to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Harbaugh and Michigan wander the desert in 2019, 2020, trying to play catch-up to modern college football, but that isn't who he is. This past offseason, there was so much talk about Harbaugh shaking up the coaching staff, going all young, and then this year, I think we saw Harbaugh get his groove back in a great marriage between Gaddis's vision and Harbaugh's identity. Tough, power, running, mixed with getting speed and space. Mike McDonald's done an amazing job in just one year. It's fun. So I feel like there was good Harbaugh, panic Harbaugh. He goes... What am I doing? Good Harbaugh. We'll see moving forward. Interesting. I think they'll lose to Ohio State next year. but Okay. <laughs> My uh, second tweet of the week yep. is actually going to lead to a trivia question that we have that uh, you guys will answer in the comment section. Um, Michigan won the Big Ten championship game. It says Michigan are Big Ten champs. This is from Reddit College Football. The Detroit Lions uh, won a football game. I want to know the last time in one weekend that Michigan clinched a Big Ten championship in football, and the Lions won a football game all in the same weekend. You'd have to go at least back to 2003. My guess is that Barry Sanders was playing the last yeah. time that happened. I mean, I, I, I'd probably be right there with you. I think that makes sense. Yeah. We, we don't know the answer, so you guys tell us the answer. We'll figure it out for next week and tell you the answer. Crazy. Yeah. But with that, we'll, uh, we'll see you next week. Like, subscribe, follow, share, all that. Buy some uh, eggnog and donuts and whatever else at Quality Dairy. Chip dip. They got the best chip dip. They do have good chip dip. We will see you next week. Go Blue. Go Buckeyes.